0: Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbour. Join us now in our study as we open the word together. And if you can please open with me to Revelation 13, picking up in verse 15. Revelation 13, 15, the title of our message here this morning is End Times, The Mark, End Times, the mark. My friends meant so much to me, I couldn't stop telling them about this newfound relationship I had with the Lord. And I, I did whatever I could, every opportunity I had. I had two best friends of mine, and I just kept telling them about Christ and about being born again and having the Holy Spirit. And it's the only way to get to heaven and all that, you know, that, you know, my life's changed and explained why it was changed and biblically. And it was almost like, and I think they were kind of not even wanting to be near me because that's all I talked about so one of my good friends, Bill, he went to his priest to try to get some ammo against me to figure out how to combat what I was telling him. So he came back to me, and he says, you know, I went to my priest, and I told him all the things that you were telling me about. I have to be born again, and all these things. And he says, so I asked him, now, what, what do I say to him? How do I combat what he's telling me? He says, listen to this. His priest told him, you listen to that man. He knows what he's talking about. <laughs> And I says, well, Bill, then, you know, are you ready? I said, you know, it's true. He goes, yeah, I know it's true. I says, well, you ready to pray and receive Christ? He goes, and he looked at me, he says, I'm not ready. I said, okay. I says, I'll I'll tell you what. I says, I know that I've been kind of intense with you. I won't even bring it up again. I says, I'm going to be quiet. You know the truth. I says, but do this. You don't have to come to me, but if you'd like, I'd, be, I'd love for you, when you're ready, to come to me and I would love to pray with you to receive Jesus as your Savior. That's over 20 years ago. He still hasn't contacted me. But I said, Bill, but I love you. And you know that. Yes, and we're buddies, right? Yeah. I said, so I want you, to, at least one thing, if, if one thing sticks in your mind, I want this to stick in your mind. If I disappear and a bunch of Christians disappear, <laughs> I told them this, seriously. I said, do not take the mark, and he says, okay, do not take the mark, he says, yeah, it'll be a mark that'll be on your right hand or your forehead, I says, if you take that mark, you will not go to heaven, do you understand that, he goes, I understand, I said, repeat it to me, he says, do not take the mark, and I go, where does it go, right hand and forehead, right, okay, so he's, it's, and what happens if you take it, he goes, I will not go to heaven, I says, you got it, I says, that's all, I'm going to leave that with you, now it's up to you, again, that was 20 years ago. We're going to talk about the mark. We're going to talk about what is it? Who takes it? What does it mean? What is it for? There's an end time mark that we're going to look at. Most of you know it. You know about it. It's called the mark of the beast. Very good. You guys are well informed here. It's a mark of the beast, obviously. And so we're going to look at the last four verses here in our text. If you can stand with me as I read God's word, I'd really appreciate it. So, Revelation 13, we're going to look at verses 15 to 18, talking about the mark of the beast. John the Apostle writes, verse 15, he was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, and that no one can buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Last verse, here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is six, six, six. Lord, we pray over these four verses and I pray for application. How do these verses apply to us? What do they mean to us today personally? We know this is an end time passage, future passage that hasn't happened yet. Lord, I believe it's coming soon. So equip us, Lord, with these verses in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you. I always like to remind each of us as we go through these passages to remind us that we will not be here during this time. As believers, we will not be here. The church will be where during this time? In heaven. We'll be in heaven. I think we spelled it out pretty clearly. I get people online; they're saying, "Pastor, I don't believe that." Da, 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 da. And can you? And they want to talk to me. They want me to call them and all this stuff. So just, I said, "Just—I don't need to call you. I don't need to talk to you. Just look through the series. I went through very clearly how we believe through the Bible that the church will not be here. If if we if we, if we have to endure this kind of stuff, the tribulation period—I would be taking pills or something. I was like." <laughs> And I say that jokingly, but we're not going to be here. I can say that with all confidence. We will not be here. We will see some difficult times. I'm sure we've been seeing some difficult times, but we will not be here during the time of tribulation. The time of tribulation is a time, of, it's a seven-year period. At the beginning of the seven years, it'll look kind of nice. The Antichrist will sign a treaty with uh, with the Muslim uh, community and also with Israel, a seven-year treaty. In the middle of the seven years, uh, he'll show himself, the Antichrist will show himself to be God in the temple of God, and then they'll realize they were duped and all that. And it's going to get ugly, though. It's the wrath of God poured out on a Christ-rejected world. How can you ever convince me, which you won't, how can you convince me that Jesus Christ is going to pour out his wrath and God's going to pour out his wrath on the bride of Christ? There's no way We will, we who are alive and remain, will be caught up together with the Lord in the air. Before we get into our text, another thing I'd like to remind us of the Book of Revelation is the only book in the Bible that promises us a threefold blessing when you read it, when you hear it, and when you apply it, when you keep it. We've read it, we heard it, and now let's try to see if we can get some application so we can have the threefold blessing. So you've been blessed already. We can stop and say amen and everything will be great, but let's kind of see if we can get some application as we look at our text here before us. So verse 15, it says, and he, that's the false prophet, if you, he, the false prophet was granted, we looked at it last week for sure, this is the false prophet, was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be, can we say that together? killed wow the false prophet will give power somehow some way breath to this image The image is going to be of the beast. The beast is the Antichrist. He's a political leader. I believe he'll be very charismatic. I believe that he'll be, uh, he'll he'll seem like a man of peace. We've talked about that before. People are going to think he's the Messiah. He's a fake, but people are going to, to, you know, look to him. They're going to, they're going to, you know, bow down and worship this image. But the image is of him, and that's kind of creepy, isn't it? I'm sure the appearance, it's going to, whoever this guy is, it's going to be some kind of an image of him. And I think of the fact how the devil always wants to be worshipped. Satan wants to be worshipped. Remember in Matthew Remember when Jesus was in the wilderness, he was fasting for 40 days. Remember the, de- the devil tempted Jesus, and it says, it, it says, and again, the devil took him, Jesus, up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. And he said to him, to Jesus, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and can we say that together? Worship me. Worship me. That's the devil. The devil wants to be worshiped. But what gets me when you look at this, and I'm sure you've seen this before, Satan is saying that I'll give you the kingdoms of the world, and I'll give you all their glory in this, the kingdoms of this world. And Jesus doesn't dispute that. It's interesting. Jesus could have said, they're not yours to give. You're a liar. Get behind me, Satan. You're lying. But He didn't say that. Why? Because during this time that we're living in, the devil is the god of this world right now. And so I believe what he was tempting, Jesus, you don't have to go to the cross. You don't have to be crucified. You just bow down and worship me. But the problem is, obviously, Jesus being God in the flesh, knowing that the one you bow down, is when you serve someone, you become their slave. So Jesus wasn't falling for it, but Jesus says to him, away with you. Can we say that together? Satan. For it is written, you shall what? worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. So Satan, this Antichrist will be empowered by Satan himself, by the devil. The devil always wants to be worshipped. That's just how he is. It's it's this ultimate pride, this ultimate you know, ego, and just like me, 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 me. And I believe that's part of our sinful nature, too. It's like, you know, worship me, serve me, you know, I'm the, I'm the one, and all this stuff. And we have to be aware of that. We have to be careful of that, that pride that, that can come. It's satanic, it's evil. But during the time of the tribulation, so there's gonna be this image. We don't know what kind of image. We can only speculate, is it a video? of the that type of image it's going to speak we know for sure it's going to speak is it a hologram image is it a robot we don't know do we have the technology today but it kind of reminds me of uh, nebuchadnezzar remember he put an image up daniel chapter 3 remember that it says nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits, so it's like 90 feet, and it's width 6 cubits, about 9 feet. And he set it up in the plain of Dura, in the province of Babylon. And remember, it says, then the herald went out. So a heralder said to the people, to the nations, to the tongues, that they would, when they hear the sound of the horn, the flute, and all the instruments, you shall do what? Fall down and worship. The what? The gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be what? Immediately put into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. So we see a similar thing back, you know, King Nebuchadnezzar Was probably the greatest king that ever lived. When it comes to the secular world, he was the greatest ruler that ever lived, the head of gold, right? Well, before he became a believer, he became a believer. He wanted worship. He was that was the ultimate worship me, and it's it's demonic, it's evil. But remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they wouldn't bow down. Remember that? Don't you love that story? And it, it made the king furious. You can picture that, the pride. He's like, what do you want? You won't bow down to my image. And he's just furious. And he goes, and so he says, I want you to you know, take that furnace and turn it up seven times hotter, right? So remember, you guys know this story. I love this story, though. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they go, they go into the furnace. And then Nebuchadnezzar looks in, and he says, ah, uh, did we put three men bound in the furnace? And they go, yes. Yes, your nebbiness. we did. <laughs> And listen. Remember what he said. He says, "How come I see four men loose, not bound, walking, set free from bondage and the the, the bonds, and one like the son of God?" And Nebuchadnezzar's like, "Hey, uh, come out, guys!" And I, I just picture. I'm, just, I'm sorry, my brain. I just—they're probably waving at the king. No, oh, we're good. We're good. We're safe. <laughs> we're with him. <laughs> the story goes on to say though check it out he he, the the king said basically their god is the god nobody can come against their god because he is the god the god of shadrach meshach and abednego and he says anyone that comes against their god will cut in pieces and will burn their house down so god was really working on that man but (laughs) but we just see the 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 demonic the devil pride, it's this worship, bowing down. And so we see it's going to ultimately take place during the time of tribulation. This man, this false messiah is going to want worship. He's going to want people to bow down to him. But look at verse 16. It says, and he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on the right hand or the forehead, and that no one May buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Everyone that's on the earth will be called to take this mark on their right hand or their forehead. They can't buy or sell unless they receive this mark. Think through this with me with the mark. Notice it's, it says the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. I, I believe it has to do with ownership. The mark has a lot to do, I believe, with ownership. Speaking of, of when you mark something, you own it. And it's like either you're going to be owned by God or you're going to be owned by the devil. One or the other. It's ownership. We mark up things, don't we, that we want. That We want everyone to know it's mine. People put their, their name on their Bible. Why? I own it. It's mine. If it gets lost, people go, oh, this belongs to so-and-so. And it's ownership, it's mine, tools. I'm constantly putting, I'm writing with permanent marker or engrave my, why? Because I lose tools all the time. And then, so if you ever do this before, someone's got a tool that looks just like yours, you're like, you sure that's not mine? <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 I've had this for years. And it's like, uh, can do, you, uh, do you mind, can I just look and see if my name's on it? Because it looks just like mine we mark things that are ours. They're we Ownership, it's, it's mine, I, I own that. And that's this, it's what it's gonna be. It's gonna be a mark of ownership. He's gonna own you. The devil will own you, or God's gonna own you. One or the other, who are you marked with? I remember way back when I was like my first girlfriend, 13, 14, I started going out with her. And I remember I, I wanted to get a tattoo. Her name was Rose, and so I was... <laughs> On the football team and all, so I wanted to put her name with a rose on my arm, you know, and just kind of really, you know, egotistical, you know, draw draw attention to my arms. I don't want people to look at my arms anymore, but back then I did, you know. So I was going to get a tattoo with a rose with her name across it, and so I was thinking through it as at work, and this, I believe he's a Christian man, looking back, I wasn't a Christian at the time, and he's this older gentleman in his 40s, old guy, but, uh, (laughs) And I told him what I was going to do. He goes, please don't do that. And I go, why? I think it's going to look nice. And it's got a nice rose and all this. And he goes, please don't do that. And I go, why? He goes, he goes you're not going to marry this girl. I said, yeah, I plan on marrying. He goes, he goes, I'll bet you $100 you don't marry her. And I was like, sure, I'll bet you $100 bucks. i am going to marry this girl. Right? And he says, you're not going to marry. He goes, listen, you're going to get married later on. It's not going to work out with this girl. You're going to end up getting married. And you're going to want to take that name off of your arm. And he kept telling, he said, you know, it was just insistent. Don't, don't do that. And I said, oh, maybe I won't do it, okay. And, but it was that ownership. It was like, okay, you know, she, she belongs to me, and then her name's on my arm, and all this kind of weird stuff. But it, it, it speaks of ownership, and, and that's what I believe the mark, the biggest thing with the mark, it's gonna, you're going to be owned by Satan, the Antichrist, and you don't have a, a chance of going to heaven ever again once you are marked by this man, this demonic man. Do you know that Jesus marks us? Revelation 22:4 four says, and they shall see his face and his name shall be where? On their foreheads. Satan is the ultimate counterfeit person. We're gonna have his name, God's name on us. We're gonna be marked for all eternity with God's name. So you're gonna either be marked by one or the other, by Satan and the Antichrist, or you're going to be marked by God. Listen to this. I love being marked by God. He's the greatest one that we can serve. He's not a taskmaster. You know, Satan could care less about people. Matter of fact, he hates people. He's a deceiver. He's a counterfeiter, and he wants to mark people up. He wants to own them. So we see this mark of ownership his name his number he he marks people but again the technology the conditioning you can't buy or sell it says without it it's interesting that we're being conditioned aren't we this one they're all different ones here but one says face covering required customers staff and vendors you can't buy or sell without a mask. We're being conditioned for this whole thing. That's how close we are. We're being totally conditioned. I can't buy anything. The people behind the counter can't sell me anything without having a mask. And it's just this conditioning. I never thought we would be in this kind of a place where we're so conditioned. where They're conditioning the people. It's priming it. It's getting everything ready for this mark. Notice the difference mark. It's a difference of an S. Isn't that strange? Mark, mask. It's only a difference of one little letter. That's just interesting. <laughs> and we see the technologies there. We looked at this already. So Amazon, the, the palm. The, literally, they're going to set up everything for Amazon. They're setting it up already. We already looked at the video. Just you could read your palm. It's real simple. Just you want to go buy a coffee, just put your hand there. You want to buy groceries, just put your It'll read your palm. So we've got the technology already in place. Guys, we're pretty close to this thing to buy or sell. What about China? What is China? Did, did you see this? China creates its own digital currency, a first for major economy. A thousand years ago, it says, when money meant coins, China invented paper currency. Now, the Chinese government is minting cash digitally in a reimagination of money that could shake a pillar of American power. So they're already set, and we see that taking place. We know this, the, the microchip... Uh, we've already seen that before so I have a video here I'll probably skip through that it's just basically a microchip that they put on your your, in your skin in your hand you can take have access to your office you can drive your car you can do you can buy with it all that kind of stuff but we'll skip that Oh, did you ever hear this before? Okay, one of the reasons why they're saying it'd be good to have uh, like a microchip for everybody when they're born, it says because unfortunately about 28,000 babies get mixed up in hospitals every year. Did you know that? 28,000 babies get mixed up, ultimately leaving them with the wrong parents. 28,000, I didn't know it was that high. You know, one of your children might not be yours. (laughs) That's creepy so they put it, I mean, so just this one reason alone, they're saying so they microchip the baby right away, so you know whose is yours, so if that's, they can't get mixed up, so just interesting, and all kinds of things, so you see the reason for it, you even see when we, when this whole COVID thing started, and then all, remember, all the toilet paper was missing off the shelves, all the paper products, all sanitizer was missing off the shelves, and I could see for, the, they could say, well, wait a second, if you take the mark, we can control everything, you can't buy or sell, and you go in, and say, beep, oh, sorry, Mr you've already bought 20 toilet papers last week, you know. (laughs) You can't, you know, your time's not up. It just, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. You don't have to have keys in your pocket anymore. You can, you know, totally get into your, you know, drive your car. You can get into your office. There's, I mean, even uh, they're saying, there's another thing I read with, with gun control too, because it's the big thing, but where you can have a chip where it's, it's, It's set up with your gun, so when you grab your gun, only you can shoot the gun. So if someone wrestles your gun off from you, they can't shoot your gun. Your kids try to take your gun and use the gun. They can't use your gun. Because it's also, they're they're really, they're giving a lot of reasons why this might be a good thing to have. So the technology is there. It's there. Interesting, because the false prophet is somehow going to get involved with this whole thing. I find it very interesting. Why would the false prophet, if he's a religious leader, that's gonna get involved with it? But what do we see today? This is just a few days ago, it says, or a week ago. So you have the popes getting involved with the International Monetary Fund and also the World Bank, telling them you know, things about global, he's calling for a new global plan regarding money and everything like that. So just interesting. But isn't it just the technology we have today is just unbelievable. It's like, okay, Nebuchadnezzar had this image, but this is going to be a real techie kind of a thing that's going to happen. And so I envision all this kind of stuff. I don't know what it's going to be. But possibly with a tracking system that we have, because how can this kill you if you don't take the mark? So there could be all different kinds of things. You can be tracked so they'll know right where you're at. I mean, is it an app that you have to have part of that where you just like it if you don't like it, or you show yourself bowing down? I don't know. But with our tracking system, everything that's happening, you'll, for sure, one thing we know for sure, if you don't bow down during the time of tribulation, if you don't worship this image, you will be killed. Some even, I've heard some people say that be part of the, the whole thing that you'll have, like the mark, it'll be an electronic thing, but with all our nanotechnology that we have, possibly if you don't worship, they can hit a button and just put poison in your system or something like that. I don't know, we just, we're speculating on all this stuff. But it's very interesting, isn't it? Let's go back into our text. Here's wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. So many people try to figure this out. 666. I, I believe all that speculation. We, I don't think we'll be able to figure out what the whole 666, who this person's going to be, because we won't be here when the Antichrist comes on the scene. Guess what? We're restraining right now. The church, by the Holy Spirit, is restraining the Antichrist from coming on the scene. Once we go... He'll step on the scene. I believe at that point, people during the time of the tribulation, they're going to read and say, wow, look at this. This is the guy. This is why it's going to make a lot of sense to them. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 1045 a.m., and 1230 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. Hopefully, we'll see you here later today. God bless you. You have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peters Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.